Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of So What's Up. In this episode we're going to be chatting about all things customer experience. We've got the and well we've got quite a few of the team in on this one. We've got Kath, Rebecca and Sam with me today and um, we're just going to be chatting about things about client experience, customer experience and um, how even though you spend a lot of time trying to curate the perfect one online that if you don't back it up physically or like in person then sometimes you're you're wasting your time and effort really so um, I thought we'd kick it off with um, just a little wrap-up really of some of the jobs that we've had in the past that have um, I guess instilled customer service client service into us Um, I think Rebecca's got a few funny ones Um, so do you want to tell us about some of the jobs that you've had Rebecca and um, how it's taught you about service? Yeah um, well I started off my first job was in a pub so obviously speaking to people all day, food, drinks, serving them, taking orders. Um, That was a really good job because it obviously was great for me in terms of confidence and interaction, talking to people. Um, That's quite tough for your first job, I suppose. Yeah, it was. um, Definitely threw me in at the deep end (laughs) (laughs) Um, with some difficult people, but you get that in every job. Um, Then I worked at Debenhams. so my first job there was actually in the office, so I didn't really speak to people that much. But then my second job there, I actually worked in like the security office. Wow, okay. So yeah, I was dealing with very difficult people <laughs> who were trying to take things. <laughs> like, excuse me, come back. Um, Did you have to wrestle people? There were a few instances, yeah, where you had to be like, nope, come on, like... <laughs> Steer them in the right direction away from the exit. Um, <laughs> steer them into making the right life choice. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I went back to uni after doing like a sandwich year, I did. Uh, I worked in Weatherspoons for a bit, and again, customer service in there. You're working with people all day. Um, that one was a bit different because I predominantly worked behind the bar, working later, working with drunk people. Um, mm, yeah. So that was good. But yeah, they were all great experiences, and I definitely learned a lot how how to deal with people and how every single minute that they spend in somewhere and talking to you or even just like I don't know reading a menu if it wasn't clean properly that Mm. wouldn't be a very good experience because yeah this is a bit dirty like every single thing had to work together um so yeah they were good jobs I've um, always wondered with Weatherspoons, um, because obviously you've got like the app component of it, yeah. and then you've got like the personal service component of it. How does that work, I guess, like integrating the digital and the real? Um, well, to be fair, I left and the app hadn't long been introduced, so we did have some experience with it. Um, did you get any training on it? Uh, <laughs> fast. No. To be fair, Weatherspoons, there was a lot of training you had to. When I first started, there were so many courses online that we had to do on like, yeah, so many different things, challenge different ages, um, looking at things like safety when lifting, like food standards. Like even if you weren't in the kitchen, you had to learn about it because yeah, there might have been instances where they were like, we need help, so mm. you had to go in. Um, so there was a lot of training, but. It definitely was quite different where I was working in Biddulph because I wouldn't say many people used it there. Um, But there was definitely a split between the older 
mm. generation and mm. the more traditional visitors to Weatherspoons, and then the younger generation who just order through the app. Yeah. Um, but it definitely worked well together. The only time I would say didn't work well is when it was Friday or Saturday night and we were mega busy, and then all the orders had come through on the app, and you'd be like, "Well, there's still only four of us." I'm yeah. going to do this. But it was good and it definitely, <coughs> I've been into other streams and used the app and it's great because you don't have to move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of places do that now anyway, don't they, because of COVID. Yeah. 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 I think COVID was um, a big part in like getting that up and running really for, I think, smaller mm. places. And there mm. were lots of people that were trying to sell the software and the services to like mm. groups of smaller chains um, and stuff during COVID as well. So I think um, that was quite good in terms of innovation and Weatherspoons definitely led the way on, I guess, that whole service experience. Mm. You're a bit uh, screwed if you've come out without your phone, though, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone does that anymore, though, do they? <laughs> well, no, but then I think, you know, if my mum had to do that, if I wasn't there, she, she'd probably leave because she wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's... Um, but I think this is the thing when it comes to, like, good service and stuff. It's, um, like, when I was at Alton Towers, it was a little bit similar. But, um, obviously we got trained on actually creating an experience for there because it's even like the like the little tiny details and stuff that you don't um really take into consideration but it gets drilled into you it's like um tucking your shirt in and smiling mm. and um like when you talk to children like bend down to their height and stuff not that I have far to bend down because I'm only five foot two <laughs> anyway but um still you still had to do it like even things like we had like random training on like um what to do if you found like a lost child and it was like never touch them or hold the hand like take your lanyard off and like let them use it as like a dog lead <laughs> which I found quite wow. funny <laughs> yeah that wasn't the words that they used in the training that was me paraphrasing <laughs> sorry Elton Towers <laughs> but um just random things like that really that you wouldn't ever think but like actually like I guess creates it and I think one thing as well that really um made me think was they wanted to create this like fantastical escapism thing where it just completely took people out of um out of the real world so they don't sell things like um newspapers and stuff um mm. and there are like anything that's like not really like I guess Alton Towers branded everything is all like to create this experience and to reinforce it and um I would hate to be their brand manager walking around all day every day making sure that everything is like spot on because mm. like the attention to detail there um yeah it's everything isn't it it is it's just literally everything it's like and it's you're not dealing with tangibles either you're dealing with like I guess like the feelings and emotions of people and like true creating them and actually that's really hard to quantify and I think, like, um, we can do it, can't we, online, Sam? Like, um, when you're creating websites and stuff, we were talking about, like, um, conversion rate optimization and, like, actual user experience. So, like, on digital platforms, that's easy to actually quantify. Yeah. Yeah, because I think so al analytics-based and I think you can go... Any As, obviously, time progresses with your, with your site, you can always look back and see, you know, what where your downfalls are and what can be changed and everything to... To yeah. make sure you're so streamlined. And like digital heat mapping and stuff that we've yeah. done with some clients too. Like we can literally see exactly where they've dropped off yeah. on a page. Whereas like yeah, where you've lost interest. Yeah, yeah. Which, which takes almost like all a lot of the guesswork out of um working out what the customer's gonna do, which obviously if it was a physical store, you wouldn't be able to say, Well, the customer say sixty six percent of the time 
turns left rather than right coming into the shop whereas obviously if it's heat maps you get all of that data and then you can choose to do the say like the most efficient thing with that then yeah i think it's like um because we were talking about like a b testing and how you can like serve different sites to like different things and i think google's like a really famous one about how they had like so many different shades of blue and they'd like um try to see how it impacted people and um, i also saw a funny video as well about um this um it was on youtube i can't remember who did it now but it was a while ago and it was like basically they set up like a supermarket and tried to like emulate like an online shopping experience mm. so like a person went to a checkout to like buy something really small like we'll, we'll say it was a pint of milk or something like that and um the person was like oh do you have your email address and they're like oh i can't remember what email address we used to set it up <laughs> and they were like um right okay well um do you know your password then like no i don't know my password and it was like um then they went through this whole rigmarole and the person was like at the end just shouting like i literally just want to buy some milk (laughs) and i think this is where like sometimes the difference between like online gdpr obviously when that came out that was massive i was working in recruitment at the time and obviously as like a service-based industry dealing with the whole gdpr nonsense Mm. i can't really call it nonsense um, (laughs) but um, (laughs) it was hard work really hard work and um then but like you're expected to like deal with people but also as well like follow all of these like ridiculous digital processes that is quite difficult actually when it comes to it and yeah I think we've um we've been trying to like deal with some stuff with like MailChimp and stuff as well with clients haven't we and um they're having like issues with I guess the experience because of GDPR and their audience base is quite old I think you guys were actually dealing with one yesterday weren't you yeah, yeah, so from a legal standpoint, basically, um, the way that MailChimp is handling it is, is the precise way of doing things. But however, even though the the instant or whatever in, in case was like a genuine mistake of unsubscription to a mailing list. Mm. That they paid to subscribe to, yeah. Yeah, in theory, it's you'd think, oh, we can just add them back in. But because they haven't then gone through all the processes of signing up and, you know, wholeheartedly making sure that yes i'm fine to sign up to this mm. somebody else is doing it for them like i say legally legally that is the correct thing to do mm. in terms of stopping them however it does throw up the obstacles of doing that when it's just such a, an innocent case of a mistake do you know what i mean yeah. it does throw them hurdles in the way which is it's a tricky one but you can't really argue with it at the same time so that's just made me think like when you go into shops now and you buy something and they want to email your receipt you mm. just hand over your email address mm-hmm I mean, the whole shop can hear you saying that. Yeah, it can. Um, and is, is that you complying to everything, saying, yes, you can have all my details? Because it doesn't seem like you're going through much of a process. I think that's a weird way, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, when you um, go to, like, Starbucks or wherever and they, like, try and push you to buy a large, I guess it's like an up way of, like, selling you and, like, maybe drawing you into the ecosystem. Costa got me the other day. I've now got a tub of hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's... Um, you raise a good point, but it's just, like, I think there's still a mismatch between like digital client experience customer experience and that in-person customer experience Mm -hmm. and it's like um (laughs) we were saying yesterday actually with um james and mike um basically there's like a cutoff point like clients under a certain age want you to email them clients over a certain age want you to pick up the phone and talk to them Mm. and um like it's 
one of those where like my first instance and I think this is because obviously um just works drilled it into me and like when I worked in recruitment I had to literally call people like 250 300 times a day yeah whenever something happens I'm like oh I, I can't be bothered to actually email this out I'll just ring the person up and explain because I prefer talking to people but actually I'm only 25 and that's usually unheard of for people my age yeah i am yeah. i am definitely the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would like because mainly because i would forget about what i've said on the phone call five minutes after so i'd like to see of what i've said in an email but there ra- is that yeah rather than rather than i'm a little bit like my phone rings and while you're ringing me just message me <laughs> <laughs> see i'm the opposite actually you know how you say that you remember like um emails and stuff more yeah obviously emails are great and everything because you can save them I cannot remember. I say I send that many emails a day and I get that many emails a day. I can't remember what I get in them. Whereas like if I have a conversation with someone, I remember things about them. And when we were talking back to, you know, like training and stuff, how you mentioned like at Weatherspoons, you got like random training on like, um, I know, lifting safely. Yeah. During sales training, they taught us to like listen and take kind of like cues off people and then remember things about them to build a relationship next time Mm. so that even though you're cold calling people the second time you ring them up you've got something to talk to them about be it like I know the dog or like their daughter's birthday or whatever it is and I actually remember conversations now Mm. that I actually have you know like talking to people on the phone because you probably wouldn't have said those things in an email no and a bit less personal yeah definitely and it's things like um you see like things on like clients backgrounds and stuff on on zoom and stuff and it's like I know what I know what artwork clients have got on their walls (laughs) and um, like you get snippets into people's lives that like you just would not normally get on like an email and And if you're buying them a gift you know what taste they have true it's always handy but it's just I just find I struggle sometimes with like the digital facelessness of it and I think some some of that to do is like object permanence like all right okay it's just an email and it's gone now and there's no get like in my mind it's because I get that many of them to do I'm like oh okay that's gone and then like actually when I have clients that take the time to speak to me on the phone I feel more empathetic towards them I want Mm -hmm. to like give them better service in some way as well because you feel like you're more like the relationships there and like you can pick up and talk to them about things and um, usually as well I found because my whole thing with phone calls is if I want to do something I want to do it now before I forget and um, (laughs) you phone someone up and you get the answer straight away whereas like if you email them you're waiting for like however long some people take weeks to get back to you Mm -hmm. it's like I don't want to send you four emails when I could literally call you and get the answer right now but I think that's that again comes down to just like personal preference and service. Yeah. And I suppose you might get it wrong as well. If you think, right, I'm just going to email this person, they might be a person that would appreciate a phone call. So then they might think, oh, well, she can't be bothered to ring me. Yeah, potentially. Uh, yeah, difficult. But no, I think it's like, um, and then also as well, I think with emails and stuff, um, we've had it before where people come across like really, I guess, like brusque on email and mm-hmm. then like you meet them yeah. in person and they're so lovely. Yeah. And you can't really tell people's like personalities and stuff as well and it's actually hard then to like tailor your service level yeah. to that person. It is difficult if you know somebody really well you can gauge what they're meaning even by punctuation like <laughs> yeah you know one of my oldest friends I know exactly what mood she's in just by a text message <laughs> but you can't do that with a customer you don't know you can assume but you're probably wrong 
Yeah, and I think that's when you start assuming, you start bringing, like, I guess, past experiences that you've had with people with yeah. completely different personalities to them. And then you might be delivering a service in a way that actually that's not, like, conducive to how that person wants to work. Mm-hmm. I, think I had that in Weatherspoons. You'd get some customers and you'd know that they'd want to chat. Yeah. Every time they come to the bar, but the, you know that there are some people who prefer a bit more... No eye contact, yes, no ...professional <laughs> approach. I want to pay, I want to leave. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And you, but that the only way I got to know that was by talking to them and seeing them yeah. and seeing how other people interacted with them. But you can't do that online. So yeah. I must have one of those faces because I could get live stories from people's own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people see you and they're like, yeah, I can offload onto this woman. I know, it's like... Um, I do actually have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, it's just about like different personalities and stuff as well. And then I think this is where it comes down to like putting people with the right personalities in the right job roles so that they provide the best service and stuff as well. So it's like um, when I worked at Alton Towers, um, we had like two different parts. We had like after day service, which was like all of the social media, um, emails, phone calls, um, that sort of stuff where it was like they were back in the back end of the office and like those were people that could probably sit down and deal with things usually actually like a little bit more um I guess literate because obviously you had Mm -hmm. to type and stuff but then you'd have people like on the on the day team and then that was split into do as to two as well it was like sales and customer services at the time Mm -hmm. so you'd put your more naturally empathetic people on like the customer service side and then you'd put your more kind of like task orientated like efficient people on the sales side Mm -hmm. and um, it's just because obviously when I was like managing that team and like leading them you'd have to choose like who to put where and um, it's I guess you try and think about the person especially in like service-based businesses that you're putting there like um because if you put in like for example if you put me in like a customer service side and stuff I'm more driven by efficiency mm-hmm. I want things I want to get things done and I wanted to get a queue down so if someone was complaining to me because the chips were cold my level of empathy isn't going to be as high as other people's would be yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um, so it's it's people that like actually enjoy you know like having the time of day and having those conversations with people to provide Mm -hmm. that good service and I think this is where I guess like good management and leadership comes into like defining the service as well and it's difficult if you don't know the people that you've got I was going to just say at your disposal (laughs) (laughs) I mean we've had it before now where you know different people working here have clashed with different clients just because they are never ever going to get on in any walk of life work you know personally whatever it is and they they do just need to deal with somebody else and then it's absolutely fine yeah you can't all get on with everybody as much as you'd like to yeah I think it's all about like different ways of working and stuff as well and just um who wants to um do stuff like we we've had it like at Alton Towers and I guess you probably had it in places you know like Debenhams and stuff as well you get the people coming in and will not speak to anyone unless they are the manager yes and um it's it's like well this person here is very capable of doing that and I used to get it a lot as well because like I was 
managing that team at Alton Towers when I was 22. That's it. They, they, they don't deem you old enough to be able to deal with it. 100%, um, yeah. So uh, one of my favourite lines used to be, oh, I just moisturise every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I tried to make a joke out of it. I mean, yeah. 50% of the time it would land. 50% <laughs> of the time it definitely wouldn't. Yeah. I've had people say to me before at Alton Towers um, that they didn't think I was a manager because I wasn't a man. Um, wow yeah so honestly like every how does that still happen that is bad <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> i don't know I, just, I used to just find it funny the first time it happened was um it was just weird because it was i think it's just one of those isn't it no one expects that to happen now and no, um no not anymore it, my argument is like when it comes to like different service levels and stuff the customer while it does pay it's not that they're always right especially mm. when they're bringing like antiquated viewpoints and stuff like that oh god they're not always right by any stretch no. but they're the ones that bring money into your business and it's That's almost it. like yeah. okay well do we actually want money from people like this yeah i mean my first well my first say proper job my first properly paid job was in a linen shop and it was you know it wasn't very expensive it wasn't high-end by any stretch and you'd get people come in and they'd moan something rotten about and i'm like you've just paid five pounds for that and you just spent an hour moaning about it <laughs> it's very hard to then okay you have to stay polite and nice don't you but you know there's only so much you can give yeah i think it's um, when it comes to like service and stuff it's how much do you want to give and like I've had like feedback from people that like I give too much of myself in my job sometimes but like actually I'm a creative person mm -hmm. like everything you're getting your marketing strategy I've created it and whatever it is like the content and stuff like we've created it your graphics like the graphic I was a, it's a shame actually we've not got anyone mm -hmm. from the design team on this one like they put so much of their like creativity and like empathy yeah. into like the graphics mm -hmm. and um stuff like that it's like if you're creatively inclined you are giving a part of yourself every time you create it mm -hmm. and sometimes people don't really get that if they've not if they're not that way inclined I don't think yeah they don't understand the process no or if they're not if like service levels like aren't there and stuff and I think what we've tried to do especially because like um we have quite a good customer service I guess online it's got quite a nice like natural flow to it especially now that we're like getting um, content and stuff out regularly we're educating clients and we're trying to like keep them engaged all the time and then when they come through to us it's like okay well who's their main point of contact now so they feel like they've always got someone there that knows their client account and um, yeah. looks after them yeah. and I think sometimes with things like that it's just making sure that the service level you give is also I guess conducive to the account and I guess how much they actually want the person is the right person and the expert in that area to actually help them and um, if you're the client account but actually someone else could help you using the resources that we've got to create like a homogenous experience for them that mm -hmm. always delivers on what they think they're going to get yeah. yeah definitely so to wrap up then what's the best experience you've ever had with a brand Mm. Um, it's a tough one. It is. Dramatic pause. I know. I know. <laughs> Could have given us some warning. Don't all talk at once. Uh, <laughs> you, you should know, know by now. I don't really <laughs> prefix these things. <laughs> I. It's not. I don't know anything amazing, but I really, really like buying things in Joe Malone, and I don't do it very often. 
In Joe Malone. Yeah, I've not done it online. Ooh, okay. And That's interesting. It's just nice going in. Obviously, you can smell everything, and the service level is really good. They're mm-hmm. not too over the top, but they're helpful. They can advise you on what you're looking for. And it's just the whole experience of how they wrap it and uh, the teal, and it makes you feel like... <laughs> like Mr. Yeah. Bean on Love, actually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I absolutely love that, and I think every shop should be like that. And I, I even want to, you know, get involved in all shops to make it like that. But... I just really like the experience because it is, you know, it's a lot of money that you're spending on a candle or some perfume or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody, you know, wants to spend that much money on something. It was a bit of a wrench when I first did. And I was like, well, do you know what? No, I've had a bit of a bonus. I'm going to treat myself. Um, And I felt a bit guilty, but the experience was just nice. And you just felt a bit kind of, oh, okay. Yeah, that did cost a bit. But actually, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I, I I love luxury shops like that as well. Yeah, but like um, yeah, I, I I won't spend money, but when I spend money, it's well, I that's spend the thing, it. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you don't get quite the same experience in B and M, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Sam, your best experience that you've had? No, I've had time to think. I've got a, co- I think I've got a couple. Oh, go but on. Then. Mine are because I enjoy streamline and as little contact with people as possible which <laughs> might sound really bad on paper. No, 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 no. however it, That's wor- got its place. It, it works for me <laughs> so <laughs> literally the other the other week actually so i've been looking for uh, a vinyl record by spin and i can't find this record for months because it's it was only a limited press however um but it's been out of stock for like months because it's it's a a two-year-old record, and they're not a, a massive band mm. by all accounts. Um, but HMV listed it, but obviously we're just showing it as out of stock on the website. Um, and I thought, okay, I'll just put my email address to be notified whenever it does come in stock. And it might, it might have never done whatever, but it did. They put they put four on there um, the other week. I got an email straight into the basket, checked out because it was free. To, it was twenty. £22, free delivery over 20 quid, which is great because I don't like paying for shipping anyway. <laughs> um, checked out and it was with um, Real Mouse Tracked 48, so I get to see everything when it's coming and, and that. Uh, and yeah, it was there in two days. And I thought, great, do you know what I mean? I've got something that I've been after for months anyway. Mm. And then in, in two days, I've got it straight like, oh, I don't have to. Speak to any, anybody <laughs> or anything like that. I don't have to yeah. go out. Minimal it's contact. Just, it's just come through. I don't have to sign for it either. Yeah. So, so there's no... Don't even need to speak missed, to the postman. There's, exactly. There's no missed trips to the to the post office to go and collect it or anything like that. It, or around the neighbours. It's fine. Yeah. I've got lovely neighbours, by the way. They might be listening. Don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, I've got it. And then I can just sit there and listen to it. So, winner. Second one would probably be with Brewdog. I ordered something about six months ago. When everything was still quite um, lockdown driven, shall we mm-hmm. say? Um, so I ordered some some beer on there, and then I checked out as a guest, um, forgetting that I had an account. And then I thought, oh, okay, maybe it'll just show up in the account. It didn't. And then I was like, okay, um, I didn't because I don't believe I I didn't have an order confirmation either. So I was like, I'm just gonna speak to the, their support because they have like a 24-7 support yeah. um, access through like Zendesk uh, and it was just easy to just speak to somebody on there and says yeah we've got the audit she'll be with you in 
again two two three days or whatever uh give me a tracking code just to to look after it as well and then that was that so that was because obviously anybody could say that they've just ordered whatever True. and then <laughs> and then um try and wing their way through that conversation but no they were quite quite open and quite you know understanding as well which is a good experience in my book mm. cool rebecca uh see i'm i quite like maybe opposite opposite sam but i quite like a bit of contact but i'm also very thorough when i'm making a decision so it's <laughs> not just like a two-step yeah i'll buy that let's go i'm like research <laughs> i need to know everything about this product so i remember see mine's quite complex so i i watched this girl on i think it's instagram and um she always harps on about how she's got this amazing foundation it's the best one she ever buys it's armani silk mm-hmm. this is not endorsed um <laughs> and other foundations yeah. are available. <laughs> yeah. she always wears it and she says it's the best one now i've looked at this before and i thought well i don't i wouldn't know what shade i'd be i'd mm-hmm. hate to buy about buy a bottle of 40 pound foundation get it and think that's not my skin tone so she was like right they're doing a free sample giveaway so i thought right i'll sign up for that so mm-hmm. i signed up for it give me email um I didn't know what shade it was, so I was like, right, I need to go onto the Armani website. Went on there. They've got, like, a camera um, where you can do, like, your uh, skin tone yeah. checker. Found my shade. I was like, yeah, great. So put it in. Got the sample. Um, sample was great. I absolutely love it. And then because I give my email, I've now signed up to their email. And then they've now given me 25% off a full bottle. Winner. So I'm now going to buy that. So the whole, I might too now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole kind of process has been really good because I've tried it. I've had interaction with them. I've got kind of um, like word of mouth off other people saying yeah. how really good it is. Um, I've had emails off them and I follow them on social media. So all of that stuff has kind of worked together now. Yeah. It's just been really good because I've going from being really unsure to now being like now i know and now i love it yeah um but yeah it's been really good that's on my christmas list (laughs) (laughs) i think it's um it's great isn't it when it's like online but they actually give you that level of like personal experience as well like um just trying to think that what have i done recently in terms right okay so I needed to buy my mum a new iPhone and it was like quite a I needed one now and there's like supply chain issues and stuff as well mm-hmm. so I tried online and everywhere was like it'd take a few days at least to get there I was like that's not great I kind of need one by the end of today hmm. so I went down to Corey's and went to their like phone section and they were like well we can't get you on today but if you go over to the Apple section then they might be able to give you one. So that in the, in the same shop, literally in the same shop, it was okay. like <laughs> ten steps away. Did it not work <laughs> as a team? <laughs> Apparently, they get their orders no. from different places because it used to be phones for you. And uh, like, okay. I think they could tell that I was getting a bit like Karen on them because I was like, "Well, why is that the case?" Yeah. And they explained it to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say it. I'm the opposite to Rebecca. I want something. I know that I want it. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. just give it to me now. <laughs> I'm a little bit like that. If I've decided I wanted it, if I can't have it straight away, then I give up yeah pretty much instant gratification <laughs> yeah and um, anyway like I went across to like the woman um at the apple stand and was like hi um, they've told me that they can't get me an iphone till um I think it was like three weeks and they were like if I come to you can you see if you've got one and I was like I don't care what model it is as long as it's like iphone 12 or above 
I just really, really need one by the end of the day because, like, my mum broke a phone and um, she, like, drives to work and stuff in the dark in the morning and she feels a bit, like, anxious without doing it, uh, without her, with doing it without a phone. Mm. So it's understandable. It was like, I, I need one. Um, so she was like, yeah, okay, let me see what I can get you. And it was like, I can get you a blue iPhone 12. And I was like, okay, how much is it? And she told me, and I wanted to cry. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, go get it. And literally within two minutes, she'd actually managed to sort me out. And like now I get e- emails from them, like ways to boost your iPhone 12. And it's like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I'm also not forwarding it to my mum because she will not read that. Well, <laughs> but yeah. like, that's, I think that's one where like service just confused me. Yeah, and I think bizarre, yeah. their brand mm. value proposition and how they've got like the different like product portfolio mixes and like the way that they bring it in just did not make sense to me at all. But once I actually found the right woman, she did manage to sort me out. So, um, so I can't that, really be too hard on them. Would that put you off going back? Yeah. Or the fact that they sorted you out in the end make you think, oh, actually, I'll try it again? No, because it took me about 10 minutes longer than it should have done, so okay. it probably would <laughs> I've had an experience like that with Corey's. Our microwave and Hoover broke in the same weekend, which was great. So it was like, obviously, you need one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So going in, like, you like practicing with the Hoovers on the floor, mm-hmm. and like, you pick one you want, and then you look around, and there's no staff mm. in Corey's. Yeah, when you just have to mooch around, they're there like yeah. hawks, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. But mm. when I, I'm stood there with, like, a Hoover and a microwave, and I'm like, I want to buy these, and I'm like, I, d- I can't see anyone. I've um. always struggled with that in Corey's. There's no one ever there. Mm. No. It's, I think it's that one kind of really got to me because I think it was like the simplest thing like I'm going in to buy something that I think in the end cost me about 800 quid yeah it's not a small sale it's It's like I'm and I think as well with Corey sometimes if you're buying things outright they don't want to know you but as soon as you say that you need it on like their finance and you need to like sign up to them they're like all over you like a rash and it's like actually no I have money just like I just want to buy it please so that was annoying and um, I think their service levels dropped because I'd been in with my brother a few weeks before and he bought like the Xbox one but he always like signs up and gets it on you know like the naught percent finance whereas mm. like I'm I hate paying for things on credit yeah. if I have the money I'll pay for it and um his level of service was so much better than mine because yeah. they obviously wanted to like tie him in and like try and upsell all, all this stuff to him and I was like no I'm buying it on a credit card obviously it's protected anyway oh, like yeah. then I can just I don't know transfer it back across but because you're not using their credit it's like they don't want to know mm. you and yeah. um that's yeah that annoys me which is crazy because they don't know what you're intending to buy in the future yeah true i mean like i've literally just gone in and bought an iphone outright like I can, mm. what about when the new mac comes out which is what i want to buy next yeah. i'm not buying it off them now i'll go apple no, instead no but no it's whereas if you'd had a different experience you may well have gone there because it's local and it's well i could have had it the same day then now i'll have to order it offline won't i and like yeah, yeah get it the next day which is annoying <laughs> especially for us who <laughs> like oh, it yeah. there and then yes. um but yeah other good service i've had um this is probably a different one um you were laughing at me yesterday for it rebecca and when i didn't know what difference the nails things <laughs> were so i <laughs> rang the salad up that i go to and i was like hi what does this nails Help thing me. mean <laughs> what does <laughs> this mean and i was like but do you do fake nails and they were like no and i was like well my nails split can you tell me what state my nails are and if you can paint them so i literally ran up there quick and like they were able to um sam's giving me the most disgusting <laughs> look right Not now disgusting <laughs> confused i don't know what's going on anymore <laughs> i mean i have mine done and i'm confused but yeah so i went up and like they basically just like had a look at my nails and they were like yeah so we can actually work on these because like 
they split. Um, you can't see it because it's on so a what, podcast. What are you having Same. done to them then? Just painted. Same. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I didn't want to pay to get them painted if, um, well, like a manicure done on them if it was just going to break because my nails oh, break okay, all the yeah. time. So yeah, they um, they went and had a look at my nails, assessed my hands, and um, it was good to go. So I booked in for Friday. I've never had my hands assessed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that was great service. Um, but yeah, I think I think they used to be asking them rid- ridiculous questions. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I think that was great service. Um, have you ever had a really bad experience uh, with a brand that's just like completely put you off? Yeah, actually, Mercedes. Oh, oh, we went in there. Um, we we get these whim- whims. Um, but do you know what? Let's go and have a look. We, we were in the in the market for buying a car, obviously, went in there. And I was, you know, I wasn't particularly well-dressed. I'd just chucked some clothes on, you know, at the weekend, not thinking about where I was going, anything like that. Clearly thought that, oh, well, they can't afford it. Didn't even come and speak to us. And we hovered around for a while. Mm. I was like, do you know what? That's really, really bad. And mm. the way they sort of looked at us was as if, like, well, won't bother with them. So we went to a different garage and we bought a car. Yeah. You know, we probably would have bought the car yeah could have made someone a lot of money as well i've had that before in uh, bmw me and uh, me and mason went and turned up and we were about 20 yeah and we walked in and it took a good five minutes for anyone to acknowledge us um and then we sat down and he kind of showed us two cars which were probably the cheapest cars there and he was like well he wasn't really bothered, and no. he said, well, I'll just go away and think about it. So, like you, we went to a different place and yeah. bought a car, and we yeah, were like, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. My brother had something similar, actually, with um, Rybuck Land Rover. So, uh, my brother's, what, 21? And um, he showed up. Um, me and my brother, we I'd say our, our casual is, like, smart casual anyway. Well, yeah, um, it shouldn't matter, should it? No, but he went into Rybrook Land Rover and he wanted to buy this Discovery. And um, obviously, he's a young lad, and um, I think they were quite rude to him at the f- mm. at the start. And um, he was like trying to figure out how to basically finance it mm-hmm. in a way because he gets like a small basic, but he gets a re- he gets a lot on commission in his job. And um, anyway, like they were they were always really quite like blunt with him and. Um, not great service until it came to the finance application and he mentioned how much he was on mm-hmm. and then their tune changed yeah, massively suddenly. got given a Land Rover experience yeah, day when yeah. he bought the car and um yeah. like had it completely valeted for free for him and it was like it it's was crazy. just completely different and yeah. like yeah. um me and my mum went in mini because we've recently like just put cars on order and stuff and like I cannot fault the experience that we had with them like mm. um they literally bent over backwards to like help my mum get the car that she wanted because she's got a mini with them now and she's getting a new one Mm. in the price range that she had they put on like a big discount for her because she's um got a blue light card and stuff and because me and her were buying as well they've discounted my car too thank you (laughs) um, always good so it's they've managed to like i went and asking for a mini one originally and they managed to get me a mini cooper engine 
with oh. all the specs on for cheaper than the mini one that I was originally asking for and like they indulged me while I was haggling which you know made me feel great because I felt yes. like I'd won yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if you haven't yeah yeah but um no they were they were just really great and then like they took us through like the configuration of the cars that we wanted showed us on like the big tv in the end oh, and cool. um it was just a really really nice experience yeah and um yeah I think it's just a shame isn't it when you go into places like it's always car places as well isn't it that look down on you yeah and I think you know fine I wasn't looking particularly smart that day but it was the weekend you know yeah this shouldn't matter no so if there's any automotive companies listening to this (laughs) don't judge people on how they're dressed (laughs) be more like mini (laughs) yes Um, but yeah, client experience, um, it isn't just online. And I think the offline touch points that you have with your customers are super important. So if you'd like any more, um, any help with this, um, customer journey mapping potentially, or um, just coming in and having a chat with us about any ideas that you've had, just give us a bell or um, email us at hello at somarketing.com.